Welcome to the Twilight Conversations. My name is Jimmy, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring human relationships, human potential, and that curious space between the dark and the light. So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 55 of the Twilight Conversations. 55. 50 motherfucking five. I don't give a fuck about no bus numbers this week. I have no idea what the 50... used to be Walkinstown, but it's something different now. I'm getting into the habit of the old bus numbers now. That could be quite confusing for younger people who are getting buses. Kind of go, that's not where it goes. Anyway, as with most of the episodes, there is a kind of a link, uh, a thread sometimes through. Uh, Sometimes it's quite vague. Sometimes it's obvious. So today I'm going to talk to you about acceptance letting go, taking a leap, leap of faith, leap of something in terms of your trust, peace, truth, that type of area. And the follow-on obviously is, you know, that's the desired psychological, spiritual effect with whatever the fuck is wrong with us or we think is wrong with us or other people think is wrong with us or if we're we're in some kind of depression or we're going through, you know, the stages of denial, um, anger, barter, depression, acceptance, and the depression is the real part there. So there'll be a link in, I'm just in the valley now between depression and acceptance because it's still quite a painful part, but it's bittersweet. It's kind of like there's relief there. So it's slightly melancholic, but it's kind of, has a bit of like, oh, look, the sunrise is just ahead. Just keep your eye on that. Quite a feel to it. And then into acceptance and into letting go and all of that beautiful stuff. But takes character to do, you know. Um, and I notice in, in modern psych- psychology, psychological language, there isn't a lot said about this. They call it different things. I don't know what they call it. But this is often assigned to kind of like recovery or kind of new agey, kind of woo-woo type. And of course, it's grounded in a wonderful reality, you know, and there's a lot to be learned from it. I think it gained popularity through the recovery movements from AA in 1935. Uh, we're using naming, you know, let go, let God, using these, th- you know, uh, recognized that need uh, and all that that entails. So I'll be exploring that in all the shapes and forms, hopefully. So just a few comments around the the last episode, episode 54. Uh, Fair play to Liz. Uh, She says to me, I know what you were doing with the title. And and I do play around with my titles. I don't know if you actually pay attention to them, but it's a nice kick when someone notices. Uh, The last title was Good Morning Melancholia, How Are You? You know, which Liz knew was a take on the song Good Morning America, How Are You? Which actually isn't called Good Morning America, How Are You? We all know it as that's called the City of New Orleans. And a lot of people will know Willie Nelson and many people have recorded it, but the actual original recording was uh, Arlo Guthrie, the wonderful Arlo Guthrie, son of the iconic, ah, fucking blank, how about that? How about that? (laughs) Woody Guthrie. (laughs) That's a really strange thing that happens. It just drops out of your mind. And I thought, well, I edit that. No, I'll just, I'll leave that kind of, gorgeous mistake in. So the wonderful Woody Guthrie, and that's Arlo Guthrie, who was a brilliant uh, songwriter in his own right, recording artist. Um, Probably known, again, you'd have to be over 40, maybe over 50 to remember this one. He wrote a wonderful, funny, talking blues, um, anti-war protest song, anti-Vietnam protest song called Alice's Restaurant. Um, 
And it was all built around um, the something that really happened to him. But of course, he makes it very funny. He does that kind of talking blues style. Sounds like Bob Dylan. There's a connection there. It's about 25 minutes long, but I'll tell you in two or three minutes. The gist of it is he's helping out some friends shift stuff out of an attic or a, an old you know, place, house. And whatever way they move the stuff, it, it's kind of he did it illegally, but he didn't realize it. So anyway, he gets done for littering. And the whole song is around him getting brought to the police station, getting brought to the courts, the whole big deal that was made out of this. And then he had to go see a psychiatrist, you know, to see was he able to go to the war because the Vietnam War was on. And that one of the killer lines in it is, so you want to know if I'm, you know, I'll do it in an his accent, you want to know if I'm moral enough to join the army, brown women in kids, villages and houses after being a little bug? It's America, you know, and he makes that wonderful point. They were all making, they were sending him to these psychiatrists and, you know, because he did this littering, you know, to see could he go to this war, you know. Uh, it was crazy, you know, he was highlighting the insanity, but it's very, very funny. Um, and it's called, the, the long version is the Alice's Restaurant Anti, Anti-War Massacre, I think it's called, but it's known as Alice's Restaurant, you know. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. Walk right in, it's around the back. Just a half a mile from the railroad track, you can't get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. And at the end of it, he gets, he's suggesting, and it happened back in the late 60s, 70s, early 70s, people to walk in. He says, walk into a shrink wherever you are, sing a bar of Alice's Restaurant, walk out again. They'll think you're fucking nuts and they won't take you. You know, so it was to discourage people from going to the war. It was a very clever and funny idea, you know. So I'm sure there were kind of psychiatrists all around America at the time with people walking in. Sing at Alice's restaurant. Sing a bar of Alice's restaurant. Walk right out again. You know that's our local three anyway. And the the motorcycle song was another one. But he wrote "City of New Orleans," which is "Good Morning America." How are you? So fair play to you, Lizzo, for noticing that. Appreciate that. Um, some funny comments uh, about uh, both in the toilet conversations email uh, and people that I meet in person. Um, Alana says to me this. <laughs> I'm really with you on, remember the piece where uh, the person said to me, you know, you think everything's about loving and sex and having a nice time, don't you, you know? And Alana picked up on that and, and said, well, maybe that is a bit naive, but she picked up on the person was annoyed about that, you know, what, what are you annoyed about? Okay, fine. Just, what's not to like about love, sex, happiness, do you know what I mean? <laughs> picked up on that. Yeah. Joey loved, loved the references, loved the Leonard Cohen song. Knew Leonard Cohen, but didn't know that song because it was a really old song and it was the one, One of Us Can't Be Wrong, because it's very old, it's big 67, and found it heartbreaking and difficult to listen to, as I still do, but I can I can persevere depending on my mood. I kind of feel very free after it for some reason. So lots of lovely comments. So I notice other podcasters do this and I don't, so I'll do it at the beginning. Please rate and review, because you might remember it at the end. So rate and review, if you, if you feel it's worth a five-star rating, please do so. Please give your comments into the Twilight Conversations at gmail.com. Don't think they're not important. I get a great kick out of that. You know, what you might say, funny comments, say what you like. I don't mind uh, suggest things for me. And of course, the Patreon page, which is a nice deal that if you throw me the price of a pot of tea, if you can get a fucking pot of tea, that is, um, every month uh, or anything like that, you know, that, that can kind of help my retirement fund. So you can do that as well. This At the end of the 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 podcast episodes there's a message about that it gives you the you know i think it's the patreon page at twilight conversations gmail.com um but you'll get that that's all that stuff out of the way 
So thank you for to everyone for your comments on that. And people were did enjoy enjoy <laughs> melancholia. It's not quite enjoyable, but found it interesting. Uh, liked liked it a lot. Uh, saw different angles on it. Suggested the reading for me and all that stuff. And have gone off to research it more. And uh, yeah, just found it. I got a lovely comment from someone, a fellow therapist, a colleague, saying, "I tell my students to listen to your uh, podcast. How cool is that?" You know, how cool is that? You know, that's a, a very progressive, forward thinking therapist because I don't know if every psychotherapist I know would be recommended to their students to listen to me. Oh, and a very funny thing. <laughs> this, this guy says to me, yeah, this, you'll, you'll get how funny, the arc within an arc in here. He said, um, yeah, I really love the way you use the C word. And he said C word. <laughs> Like say cunt, you know. I love the way you use the C I don't say the C word, I say cunt. I thought it was really, really funny. Ah, uh, you know what it's like, you know what I mean? I said, yeah, yeah, isn't it funny what we do with that? So keep on using it, he said. She walked away and said, You cunt. Um Yeah. So there there I find that invigorating and great fun. I get a great buzz out of that when that, that interaction happens, you know. And the nice surprise when someone says, oh, I've been listening to your podcast or I passed it on to or whatever. Because I know it's kind of a niche following. I know it's not going to be, you know, uh, the, which I listen to quite a lot and I really enjoy on the, the blind boys of this world, of those huge followings. And I don't know if I ever really want that. It just has a nice little feel to it that I like. Um, but I love listening to all them. I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. So let's move on. Moving on is an interesting term, isn't it, as well? Going forward, moving on. Letting go acceptance. What can we say about that? Now, there's a lot in that because I said that involves trust. It involves coming through a process where kind of you realize you do need to let go, you know. And I'm, I'm going to try to take a look at what letting go actually means. Do you know what I mean? What does that, what does that mean? Letting go of a, you know, we know in our, literally if you think of a, a fist closed is a good way to describe it, isn't it? You know, and that's, and then you open it, the difference, you open your hand and that feeling of freedom immediately. It's a very simple way, you know. And when to hold on and when to let go. And also I want to take a little look at, sometimes we use the language like hold on to that, hold on to that, hold on to the, what we really mean letting go is it's a kind of a paradox, do you know? Where it's a, it's a, a practical piece just to explore that a little bit. Yeah, I suppose when we think of letting go, I think of an acceptance, to be set free, to release, to let go of the past, um, unleashing, loosening, you know, uh, unlocking again. Isn't that an interesting one, you know? Emancipating, liberating, discharging, you know. You can think of all of those kind of things. Uh, and of course, paradox being one of my favorite words. I like words with X on the end. I don't know why. I always have something clear about them. I don't know what that is. Anyway, get those funny little... Uh, idiosyncrasies well i do anyway i i really like with an or with an x on the end so this paradox is you know when we do let go we can you know we can really have somebody someone else feel connection closest because often we're letting go of maybe a person uh, a lover a family member uh, again a colleague it's the usual groups isn't it people in our lives you know and letting go of them doesn't mean we get rid of them no, in the case of a toxic personality type, we would hope we can kind of maybe not be in their lives, go no contact with them. But often letting go can bring us closer to people, you know. So there's all different ways to, to explore this and look at this. So we're letting go of hurt, of pain, 
a relationship, a person, a job, a fantasy, ideas, uh, beliefs. And of course, this is all some of those things we need to keep. So it's all with that kind of exploration of what's going on, the ability, whether you do it in therapy or not, that's what we're doing, of just understanding yourself, talking to people, kind of knowing your patterns. Basically, what do I need to keep? What do I need to let go of? You know? I think in some episode way back, I'm too lazy to fucking go back and look. <laughs> um, I built kind of a pretty much a podcast around the serenity prayer. And again, I'm stressing you don't have to be religious or spiritual for this. It's the principle of that. And this is the same. You know, God, if you believe in God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, in those few lines, there's a whole big psychological package that will free you. Everything is in there, really. What do I need to keep? What do I need to let go of? You know, that kind of self-assessment, self-reflection, you know, uh, cleansing, whatever way you want to look at it. Okay. And we know it has a kind of a, a you know, sometimes people say it to us and it gets really annoying because they say it as if it's easy. You need to fucking let go of that. No fucking shit. Yeah. I've known that for years. I fucking can't or I'm trying. Go away. <laughs> it can be hard to let go of, 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 of an idea, a belief, uh, even if it's slightly negative, if we can get kind of attached to self-destructive behaviors that even though they're harmful to us or choices we're making, out of habit and survival, we may still engage in them and there's a bit of a kick in them or a hit. So it's a bit addictive. It can be hard to let go of. But we eventually do because it, the payoffs become less, you know, than the actual, uh, what, what's actually happened and the payoffs diminish. And yeah, we let me realize there are other choices that could bring better stuff. So maybe I will let go of this. But I'll use a real therapy word. It is a process. Can we just kind of click our fingers and let go? I think that can happen sometimes, but it's usually as a result of a lot of work we've been doing on a process. But it can seem like I just fucking woke up and let go. It's gone, you know. But we've been working away at it. I think, you know, it's usually part of a process. It's quite ongoing, quite gradual. We can do it in like a little bits and pieces or gradually or incrementally might be a word, you know. So in terms of the phrase in English, we use the term letting go and holding on. That can mean the same thing. We know there's a holding on that's not healthy, but sometimes we use the phrase hold on, you know, hold on to yourself, hold on. I mean, that's a positive thing. It, it means the same as let go. It's just a different expression of the same. So I'll give you an example with two John Lennon songs back to back. One in which he talks about letting go and the other one he talks about holding on, but they both are mean the same thing. Just different kind of, uh, I suppose, nuances to that. So in the wonderful Watching the Wheels from 1981 from the Double Fantasy album, he says... Ah, people are asking questions, lost in confusion. While well, I tell them there's no problem, only solutions. Well, they shake their heads and they look at me as if I've lost my mind. I tell them there's no hurry, I'm just sitting here doing time. I'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round. I really love to watch them roll. No longer on that merry-go-round. I just had to let it go. I just had to let it go. So you can feel that. Wonderful song by Lennon, if you don't know it. And then he's got a beautiful song from, that's from 1980, from way back in 1970, from the, from the album The Plastic Ono Band, a 
a song I love is very, very close, dear to my heart. I get great healing from this song. I use it whenever he says, hold on, John, I say Jimmy, obviously. We put our own name in there. And he's really in the song. You can really hear him soothing himself and he's talking to himself. So he's saying, hold on, John. Hold on, John. Hold on, world. Hold on, world. It's going to be all right. You're going to see the light. Just hold on. And the song is full of those lovely soothing terms. Hold on, John. John, hold on. It's going to be all right. You're going to see the light. Hold on, world. World, hold on. It's going to be okay. So I really love that. So that's that's the same thing. It's kind of holding on to the, the good stuff, having let go of what you don't need. So when you let go of the first part, you're left holding on to the second part. But you're not holding on in a kind of a, an anxious, angry way. It's a nice, secure, you know, holding, that type of holding. Okay. All right. All right. Hold on, John. John, hold on. It's going to be all right. You're going to win the fights. And when you're by yourself, there's no one else. You just have yourself. You tell yourself, just hold on. So that lovely place. I don't need anyone. Not in a, a negative way. I'm okay. I can hold on to that space securely. That's what that means. A favorite artist of mine, different. The wonderful Alabama Shakes. Uh, lead singer-songwriter Brittany. They've also a song called Hold On. And again, you can replace her name, which is Brittany in the song, so she self-refers. Put your own name in, and it's the same. It's a bit more upbeat. It's br- they're a brilliant band, if you don't know uh, Alabama Shakes. And she says, Bless my heart, bless yours too. Don't know where I'm going to go, don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it must be somebody up there above saying, Come on, Brittany or Jimmy. You just got to come up. You got to hold on. And it's the same. It's a great, great song. She's a belted out, you know. It's got like a funky vibe to it. That's a positive hold on. You know, it's letting go of the shit and holding on to what is good. So letting go and holding on become one and the same. So I think we can distinguish when we're holding on to kind of garbage, <laughs> toxic crap. I oh, feels really, really good. I like this. I'm strewing in my own vomit you know i'm fine i'm fine i'm making good choices go on you go off enjoy yourselves and you know letting go of the toxicity you know again through movement through dance through talk through prayer through meditation through conversation whatever way you need to do it through beautiful love making you know whatever way you want to do it it's not all about that yes it fucking is to our friend <laughs> Love making encompasses the whole thing, the whole planet. I'm going to go to my idol, my one of my many idols, but my first real, first real male crush, Bowie. Uh, but I also fell in love with his talent and music. Um, very confused when you're a young boy of 12, 13, like, I wonder if I can fancy this bloke. But I like women, what's going on? Well, girls at the time it was, that whole vibe, you know. And from uh, the 1971 album Hunky Dory, which I've already fer- referred to recently, uh, the song Cooks. But this is the opening track. Everybody knows this one, and it's called Changes. And in this song, there's great self-exploration. So the whole acceptance changing process is going on. So it opens with, I still don't know what I was waiting for. And my time was running wild, a million dead-end streets. And every time I thought I got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. So I turned myself to face me. But I've never caught a glimpse of how the others must see the faker. They're much too fast to take that test. 
changes. You know, it turn and face the strange changes. It's gonna be better. You know, that's that's the song. Turn and face the strange. Time may change me, but you can't trace time. So it's a lovely self-exploration and realization of letting go, turning and facing the strange new sensations you have to face with change because we often fear change for those reasons. Some tea, I feel. Have some tea, Seamus. I will. Oh, I must tell you, you know why about Betty Cosby Seamus? Because I was Chris and Seamus. So I was chatting to her uh, this morning. I stayed with her last night. I think I was writing something about this podcast I was going to do, just some lyrics, like, I think it might have been them. And I says to her, Betty, would you be interested in coming on the podcast? Oh, what's that now? It's not, it's kind of like the radio, but it kind of isn't. It's some, is that your work? It kind of is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said the most lovely thing. She said, well, if it helps you, I'll do it. How about that? And uh, the had to explain to the editing process, you know, just because if I get talking about you know who, <laughs> I might have to. So uh, so hopefully we'll have Betty uh, as a guest. I haven't had a guest for quite a while, actually. And the wonderful colleague, friend and colleague of mine, Louise McDonough, uh, a traveller woman who's a therapist also, and many other things, has agreed She's glad to come in and, and be interviewed about her life. So it's just a matter of coordinating the times with Louise and with Dean, Dean up, to do that. That's changes. So what are we letting go of? What does that, yeah, let's let's take a, let's take a look at what that actually means, shall we? Hmm. I had a beard now, it's stronger. Let's see, letting go. What are we letting go of? It's quite a, a, a powerful phrase, isn't it? You know? Um, there's so many parts of it. So if I was to say to you, okay, let's state the obvious. So we're in a toxic relationship or friendship and somehow it's it's become, you know, untenable. It's just not working anymore. It's just too painful. So we all can agree, I need to let go of this. Let go there means end, finish, change. Okay, we need a bit of support to do that. I won't go into all of that right now. So that's a very clear letting go, isn't it? On this, I'm hanging on to this. I'm hoping he, she, they will change. They're not doing it. Da, 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 da. That's a really, really good one. And we know we need to let go of. There's some real obvious shitty things we need to let go of. A bad job, we need to let go of that. You know, bad, bad friendship, bad relationship. Very, very clear. Let go of it. Not have it anymore. Everyone feels that sense of relief and weight lifted when we either make the decision to let go and actually follow it through, like to make the change. And this change has come with that. You know, and it's it's huge in addiction and recovery, of course. There's huge amounts of letting go required, you know, because we all have the illusion of control and that can be very much in addiction. People think they're in control and they're in chaos, but they're striving for control and it's it's keeping them in addiction, in drink and in drug and because they're trying to control it. And everyone, the dogs in the street can see this fucking thing's chaotic. You're going, oh, it's grand, everything's fine, it's all fine, it's no problem. We're all good. We're all good. Nothing to see here, as I lie in my own piss and shit. We're all we're all good. Just having a bad day, Do you know, right? That huge denial and, and trying to control things and the relationship trying to control things, 
you know, the, the paradox again, the more I can let go of that control, the more inner control. I suppose that's the difference between the letting go and the holding on positively. You get that sense of proper control, that lovely letting go control, you know. So again, I won't do it on addiction now because that I could take up the whole podcast or addiction and recovery. But that's where a lot of the letting go has come from, the realization of letting go, not only of physical situations, but inner mindsets, you know, old patterns, old ideas, old beliefs that usually mean I'm a piece of shit underneath it all kind of need to let go of that belief that at some level you know and it may take a few layers to get down there and then see underneath that layer i'm actually quite all right you know but that can be quite a journey i need to let go of the old ways because if i'm in shit you know the patterns the habits i have are not working anymore so i need to let go of them you know and again there's a trust comes into that because then even though this is shitty, I'm used to this. We know the familiarity. We know that gig. So I'm really used to this. I know how this works. It's terrible, but it's predictable. I know how this shit smells kind of thing. Mm, that's a bit sweet. Something in my deep in my psyche likes that, but I'm a bit afraid of it. So I'll throw it back into some shit, please. Kind of thing, right? That's the, the, the way that could go. So it involves a decision, it involves trust, and then that brings up a lot of triggers. Old trauma can be triggered for people here around trust because then maybe that wasn't a very pleasant experience as children or, or teenagers. So other experiences where we did try to trust and it didn't go well, you know, so we've got to deal with that. And then we, then we go back to the familiar. I know he's a cunt and uh, I'm a cunt, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> There'll be no shock surprises type of thing, right? Uh, so change can be scary. We resist change. You know, we're creatures of habit. We do resist change. And that's okay. That's understandable. But when that habit is killing us or bringing us huge misery or bringing someone else misery, it's time to change, isn't it? It's time to change. It's time to let go and to trust and to take a leap of faith. Faith and trust are interlinked, really, aren't they? If you do have a belief in something spiritual, all the better. But you don't have to have you, know, you can just believe in another way of living, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Someone said, and I don't know who, self-acceptance is truly a heroic act. And it sure is. It sure is self-acceptance because two simple words, but what's involved in that? You know, when you actually can look at yourself in the mirror, when you can look yourself in the eye, you can sit with another and honestly be who you are, tell them who you are, accept everything about you, the good and the bad, and then you realize the bad isn't that bad at all. You just thought it was, and, you know, you've built it up this way, and, you know, so there are things, again, you begin, there are other things to let go of. But I want to say a bit about when we're in a good space with people, and a good relationship, and a good friendship, good family relations, good work relations, good, and we still may need to let go of, I suppose for me, and it's sure it's true for other people, when the idea of a kind of a perfectionism creeps in or how I feel someone isn't loving me the way I want them to love me. You know, their love is cool, it's good, and it's, they're doing their best. This is all about when someone meets you fully, properly, 100% to the best of their ability. If you can get that, right? But even with that, sometimes we can get a bit, yeah, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Not all the time, thank God, not all the time. So this is where it's so, so important to discern. Am I really picking up on something that's just not good enough? That's okay. Or a love that doesn't suit you? Or is this really good loving that you're getting? 
but you're not able to appreciate it at that moment in time, or you've got some illusion that there's something different or better. You know, and of course we have to flip that around because when we're in that space of, yeah, he's great, but I don't think it's, uh, I'm not feeling the love fully, you know, like, like my love is perfect. <laughs> that works the other way around. No matter how good my intention is and how open my heart is and how much I want to love the fucking shit out of you, right? I still might let you down. It's the part of you still may feel a little bit. Oh, wasn't quite what I wanted, but it was pretty good. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. That's usually not conscious. So we've got to be kind of, not careful, but very discerning there and aware and, and, and flexible and humorous with that, you know. I think I know when I'm being met by someone and when I'm being met with really good intention, when someone is really like investing and I co-invest, I know that feeling. And even in that, if, it's, if there's a slight wobble, it's fine because the person is so committed and they're giving so much of their time and effort and love to you you've got nothing to complain about you know and that's but there can be other situations where the other way around where that isn't happening and we stay with somebody or something or a job or a situation that's not up to standard you know and some of the old patterns can be there it's nowhere near good enough but we stay with it kind of going oh well one mustn't complain you know Apart from the psychopathy and their occasional outbursts and the fact that they murder a few people here and there, they're pretty, he's, right, he's nice really, she's lovely really if you got to know them. <laughs> That's an important part, letting go as well, letting go of our, you know, our unrealistic expectations of others. Although I say that with caution because some of us can have that the other way around. We're very realistic but we put up with shit, you know, kind of substandard low grade type of love you know that's fine for for the person they think that's fine and it may work for someone else but what it doesn't work for you you know instinctively you know don't stay in that don't put yourself through that no one no one wants that they're they'll be okay they'll find someone and to love and be loved by and, and you'll find someone that will align it's all about alignment so there's the two different extremes one where i'm getting too demanding and two where i'm not demanding enough so let's try find a sweet spot in the middle there. And I, by and large, we're all trying to find that, you know, and, and, and really love and respect the uniqueness of how someone loves, even though it mightn't be, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. Do you know what I mean? Because what I'm offering in all sincerity may not be met that way either. They might, they also may feel, love the way this guy loves me, but it's just a little bit missing there. You know, no, it's quite petty. I'm doing that on purpose, but we need to let go of anything where we're expecting someone not to be them, right? Because we really want the person to be themselves or the people, and I want to be myself and then the people. That's And the more, I suppose, mature we can get, the more we can find a sweet spot in the middle where that's a nice place between us and we both know the good intention is there. I think I can get by that someone has got a different way of loving or they've, I don't mind that at all. It's the energy behind it that I go for I think I think we're all a bit like that if I you know when you send someone sincere I don't I, I love that that's actually a huge turn on when someone is genuinely like interested and wants to be in the situation in the job with you or the friendship or the relationship they want to be there and you can feel the enthusiasm from them and excitement you know and that can fluctuate and all that that's the piece I think that's the the sweet spot for me and for a lot of people that that's there the other bits then don't matter because you know the person really meant it. They, they meant well, you know. Are we good? Is that good? Am I good? Are you good? We're all good. Um, I'm going to pour some tea now. Very, with great dexterity. 
it's all hanging on the balance there you go could be a bit cool by now but i have a little tea cozy on it so mm. Mm. it's surprisingly warm nice and strong now it's been maturing there you know bob dylan mentioned earlier on a lovely the thing with bob dylan songs is there's always a sardonic not always but a lot of the time a kind of a slightly slightly cynical vibe on breakups and letting go and you know like his songs like um, don't think twice it's all right you know it's it's so cynical isn't it it's so like circus like fuck you you know there ain't no use in calling out my name babe like you've never done before you know don't think twice it's all right or it ain't me babe it ain't me you're looking for similar in this song about kind of letting go or the realization the song is called sooner or later one of us must know i don't know if you know it. it's a cracking song it says but sooner or later one of us must know in other words sooner or later one of us know that you did what you're supposed to do sooner or later one of us one of us must know that i really did try to get close to you now a lot of the the the, the bob dylan has loads of verses as you know great poet um there's much more cynicism i, I, I took the nice a bit out of the song but it's what i really wanted to get at was one of us must know we usually go you know, we know one of us has got to sooner or later we have to realize this isn't working or it is working or this needs to change or whatever thinking of like a rolling stone as well the beautiful cynicism and i can feel the hurt behind those songs you know coming out of a depressed place or positively fourth street <sighs> Ooh, it's so sardonic it's vicious but i remember hearing it first and thinking hope that's not about me i'm so self-centered i thought it was about me obviously not bob dylan was singing about me i was imagining other people singing about me it's about a really a letdown friendship really really hurt but uh scathing yeah that's the thing with bob dylan that's running through his stuff slightly acidic acerbic and um, but i love him. i love him. the great uh spiritual teacher politician now i believe marion williamson you probably know this Love is what we were born with. Fear is what we learn. The spiritual journey is the unlearning of fear and prejudices and the acceptance of love back into our hearts. Love is the essential reality, our purpose on earth. Now, Marion Williams saying it. That's the same. The sweet spots are all in there. I love that. That's got that lovely acceptance feel to it, you know. What's really important here? What, what's all the push and shove about? What are we... What are we striving for and not striving for, you know? I think one of the things you most need to let go of, you know, and brings us huge suffering is expecting people, partners, friends, etc., to, as I said, to love us a certain way. When, when we want someone to be or something to be what it's not, you know, I know it's a real, it's a very annoying cliche now, it is as it is, but it's kind of true. Sometimes there's an isness that we fight against and can throw us back into depression and that because we're not accepting what is acceptance there's such peace in it even if it's the thing we dread most of all somehow when we meet that place take a breath and kind of go i can't tolerate this and it actually becomes easier than trying to fight with the fact that something isn't happening it's not going my way my team didn't buy the player they wanted to you know whatever the thing may may be trivial it may be huge Maybe the death of somebody or something. Maybe the change. There's something in something deeply psychologically. Oh, what, what word would I use? Uh, uh, inspiring, growth-worthy in accepting things as they are. Accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. 
everything is in there. You can't go far wrong without that. Whatever's going on for you. And some people don't. I remember saying to a bloke once, it's a bit true, bit true, I'm much more complex than that, Jimmy. Yes, you are, aren't you? I can see you're invested in being quite a complex character. You're confusing that with being intelligent. No, no, no. This is wisdom, my friend. You know, uh, but I had to let him rant, rant on for another couple of months on that one before he got to kind of go, oh, yeah. So that's really, really important to connect with acceptances at a deep, intuitive, emotionally intelligent, spiritual place. It's the isness of all things. It's the kind of Taoist. It's, it's not swimming upstream. Go with the flow. It is. You can't fight something anymore. And it seems like, you know, the things you dread most of all, but when you actually dive in, you kind of go on fuck it, it's all right, I'm still a bit sad, I'll go through the process, but I haven't died, I'm okay, I'm no worse off, that's, remember that, you know, I couldn't bear to think about that, I couldn't bear to accept that, it's not possible, but then when we do, I'm not saying you're going to feel marvellous immediately, but you're not going to be any worse, you may relax a little bit, you may kind of go, this is okay, I'm okay, I'm all right, you know, there's nothing wrong with honouring, you know, as I'm saying, yourself, the love you have for yourself, maybe after a long journey of not liking yourself very much and learning to love yourself and then hoping, wanting to make changes in how you relate to people that you can get better quality love, high caliber love. That's beautiful. That's lovely. But just keep a little soft eye on when I'm, either they or you are moving into the area of not accepting the other person. You know, that might be really, really important. As I said, the sweet spot is when you've got the acceptance between the two, there's sufficient desire and care for each other, we're good to go, we're good to go. Always, always, always don't stay with something that is yellow pack or, or poor quality or whatever term you want to put it on, or harmful to you, you know. The other person may not mean any harm, but that's not working for you. Don't stay with that, don't pursue it, don't put energy into it, you know. Um, and, you know, they will find what they need. Don't worry, you will find what you need. It's okay. What would be a podcast without a bit of Paul Simon? And of course, the, my, some of you may know I just love Mexico and songs. I have no idea why. It just gives me a certain deep feeling when I hear someone singing about Mexico. And there's a beautiful, it's slightly a little bit cynical-ish. It could be just on the wrong side of, oof, a bit harsh. However, because acceptance is just on the borderline, it can feel a bit rough, but you know, it needs a soft spot, it needs a bit of soothing. But here's the lines of this song from the Hearts and Bones album, which I think was 1982, if I'm not mistaken, got me wrong. And it goes, whoa, 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 whoa. She said, why? Why don't we drive through the night, wake up down in Mexico? And she said, tell me why. Here's the line now. Why won't you love me for who I am, where I am? And he said, because that's not the way the world is, baby. This is how I love you, baby. This is how I love you, baby. Right? That's quite quite sobering and a little harsh, but there's something in there, isn't there? I think if that was delivered a little more, you know, I'm not sure on that one whether the two of them need to reassess and kind of go, fuck off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just thinking of Billy Connolly. He's talking about the, I said this before. The two old people—they've been together like they're—they're they're in their 90s and they're assessing their relationship, you know. And he—he's talking about her, you know, 
all these awful things. I have said this before, but it's kind of relevant. And he's going through, like, we went through the wars, and you were there at every step of the way, honey, every... And we went through World War One and Two, and there you were every step of the way. Then we had depression, death, and heartache. And you were beside me, Agnes, every step of the way. Then we went on into this depression and that, and a whole big list of things. So he ends up saying, and then we had the last depression. And I look around, and you were there every step of the way. He says, I come to a conclusion. You're not fucking jinx. <laughs> I don't know what made me think of that in there somehow, but it just came to my mind, you know. Som- yeah, sometimes we need to leave somebody. <laughs> don't stay out of habit, you know. But there is a sobering acceptance of people love us the way they love us. We love them the way, you know. This is how I love you, baby. Now, can someone change? I don't think we can change our essential self, you know, because we often hang in, he'll change, she'll change. If that's at a surface habitual level, maybe. But it's someone's essence, if that's the way they love, that's the way they love, you know? So enjoy the good bits of it or rearrange your relationship with them or find other ways. And they've got to do the same with you. This is how I love you, baby. You know, I think it's fucking fantastic. The other person may not, may not be their cup of tea. You know, that's just the way we are. You know, so that's a kind of a harsh warning sign. Why don't you love me for who I am, where I am? We all know that one. Right, whether that's with a family member, a lover, a friend, why can't you just love me for who I am, where I am? Because that's not the way the world is, baby. This is how I love you, baby. And sometimes that's the situation we kind of just have to kind of suck it up, take it on the chin, get used to that, or make changes. Depending on the relationship, why we're in it, what we're getting from it, what's the payoff, is it good enough? All of those type of questions. We don't have to accept inferior or poor quality love. We don't. We don't. Now, you could, there is a case if you're with someone and you're getting lots of proper, good, superior, high-quality loving and you're not feeling it, you've got to take a look at yourself. You need a bit of help with that. But generally speaking, we usually, if we're feeling a bit of that, we're in the wrong relationship. Or we maybe have to accept a bit of that. And if there's enough good stuff coming in and we can let that go, you know. But by and large, maybe if we're feeling that, if we find ourselves coming back to something, kind of going, do, do you mind if I just, you know, and, oh, no, what's wrong? And it's repetitive. That's not fair on the other or you. It's not the right place for you, you know, or them. Um, you know, and again, you could argue, do we have to put up with stuff? We do have to compromise. But if you're young, I'm often, I'm often sitting with people like, you know, young men or women in their 30s, 40s, or even young as 50s for me now, right? cracking young men and women and I'm kind of going listen if you were 60 or 70 I'd be saying to you like fucking put up on it it's grand don't be you know but like you're young you can change you know because the older you get the more compromise you make the more trade-offs you make and trade-offs are okay once there's still a good chunk of good stuff for you and they're getting a chunk of good stuff but if you're younger 20s 30s 40s there's loads of love and quality loving to begin don't put up with stuff don't don't settle as Glenn Hansel says, don't settle. You know, don't settle. You know, that's different to accepting something and kind of going, you know, I love this person. There's lots of sweet spots. There's lovely stuff here. That part of their behavior is not my favorite bit. And I know they don't like that bit in me, but there's enough here we can cope with that. We're adult enough to find ways to do that. And that's fine. That's a different thing. We can, however, gauge and recognize the rich caliber of love where the other is to the best of their ability 
loving us with all they have and us with them. Beautiful. This is all about letting go, trusting, trusting in the process of love, trusting yourself, taking a leap, you know. Say, fuck, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make a different choice. I'm going to go with this. And not giving yourself a hard time if you take a leap and it doesn't work. Because I used to say, yeah, Jimmy, I took a leap. It didn't work. I'm not doing that anymore. But that's what the leap is. If it doesn't work, that's the price of the leap. That's okay. So you got hurt. Let's, I'm sorry that hurts, but let's soothe that and let's reassess. That's life, you know. I don't mean that flippantly, but that's true, isn't it? You know, we've got to, you know, there's no guarantees on that. We take a chance in good faith. We hope we meet in good faith. We know, I said, there are bad faith actors. They're usually the dark triad people. You know, we know what they're about. They can con you in the beginning, make you think they're great, but you you start sniffing them out a bit earlier, recognize them, you know, and you can kind of hopefully keep them at bay. But there are loads of people who are just lovely human beings who are wounded like we all are, don't want to do you any harm, just want to meet and love and be loved, be a friend, be a pal, be a uh, a lover, be a, you know, a, a good colleague. I trust most people want that. So yeah, we need to let go of unrealistic kind of demands, expectations. Yeah. And this is where the unresolved childhood trauma stuff can come in and colour our minds a little bit on this one. So we may need to kind of clear that out a bit as we're assessing, making a decision around something. You know, is my reaction to this friend not turning up for this or not showing in the right way? Is that realistic? Or is there something else going on for me? Is it acceptable? Should I let that go? Or, you know, am I too quick to forgive? And I'm not really forgiving because I'm keeping score deep down. You know, do I genuinely kind of genuinely kind of go, listen, there's no problem. I get that. I know you meant well. It's okay. I was disappointed. I was hurt. But look, we're good. And you usually know with someone, they rectify that or me, them. You know, that type of stuff. So we're letting go of old habits of staying in shitty situations. And we're letting go of maybe new habits of, you know, recognizing, am I being a bit unrealistic in what I'm asking of this person? Am I asking them to be my mother or father? You know, that's always hanging around. No, it's a bit fucking psychotherapy, isn't it? But we often are maybe some unresolved hearts there. And of course, no matter how loving someone is, they can't be that fully for us. This is where we need to draw into ourselves, into our friends, you know, keep the lines open, keep the channel of communication open. Accept our own humanity, accept our good intention, our limitations, to be kind of patient and tolerant, you know, accepting of the other in equal measure. That's, that's, I think, again, you know, by and large, that's what we're looking for. I think most people, we all get the gist. We can all suss out when someone's kind of a bogey eventually. And when someone genuinely wants to be our friend or a good colleague or they're a good family member or they're a lover and they come in good faith. I don't think there's any substitute for that. You can come in good faith and we can make a mistake, fuck something up. But I think the good faith feeling overrides that and the person rectifies that and off we go. You know, it's okay to anticipate or expect good quality loving, to be treated with dignity and respect, to be treated in the way you treat others and vice versa. That's trust. That's letting go. Trust that it will be okay. I'm thinking, what would a podcast be without a a little Winnie the Pooh connection? Joni, I know you love them. And you were telling me, 11 o'clock is Joni. So... 
I was thinking around kind of letting go and the ability to kind of accept and the whole Taoist thing. And as I said, they've Benjamin Hoff wrote a book called The Tao of Pooh because his way of being was so close to the principles of Taoism. Um, but this was a story where Rabbit, who's very, very important, always making lists and stroking his whiskers and writing shit down and organizing things for people, you know, very arrogant, very important. So this part of our, the char our character, because all the, the, the characters are parts of the, the human psyche. So the Rabbit is the arrogant, uh, self-important, uh, patronizing, organizing people, always running to fetch things. Things never come as a rabbit. He always goes to get them. You know, always too busy, always licking, licking, you know, the, the pencil tip. Now nah, I'm making another list. Everybody over here, please. You know, one of those, that's rabbit, right? Far too important to be sitting down, you know, always on the move, always organizing things, knows what's going on. That's rabbit, right? Not very grounded, not really very secure. So Tigger comes to the forest, as you know, meets Pooh Forest. They get it on. That's fine. And everyone loves Tigger. Rabbit does love him, but he's a bit uncomfortable with him because he, what you can't do with Tigger is you can kind of go, here we are, Tigger, because he's always ahead of you. He's, he's never there. And and Rabbit loves saying, here we are to people. Like, I'm the boss, I'm in charge. You can't do that. He finds him a bit too bouncy and, you know, he can't control him because Rabbit's big into controlling, you know. So he has his little waistcoat with his little pockets. And just then he strokes his whiskers and... <laughs> I'm going down here because I feel too unimportant here. And off he goes, right? So he he conjures up this evil plan to bring Tigger up into the far end of the forest and lose him there, right? And he gets Pooh and Piglet to agree to come along. But they think it's just for a short while. They don't think it's a, a you know, Rabbit's not interested in him finding his way back, right? He just wants to get rid of him. So he's threatened. We can all identify being threatened by the new kid in the block, right? He's got those uncomfortable feelings, you know, he feels he's not going to be loved anymore. Everyone loves Tigger and he just bounces around the place. So they organize this. So off they go, right, to lose Tigger. Tigger's real happy, you know, innocent. He's flying around the place and, and they kind of do lose him. But the, what actually happens is they get lost. Pooh and Rabbit and Piglet are lost in the forest and it's all misty and a bit scary, right? And no matter where they keep walking, they keep coming across the same pit. Rabbit says, here we are. There's the pit. Don't worry. I'll find the way. Blah, blah, blah. And he keeps trying to lead the way. And Pooh and Piglet kind of going, we're getting sick of that fucking pit. You know what I mean? And uh, so they keep arriving at the same place. And Rabbit keeps trying to reassure them that he knows the way. Won't be long now, you know. They're getting a bit tired of it, right? So Pooh says, in typical Zen Pooh fashion, I, I, how would it be, he said, I could be wrong now, you know, be humble. How would it be, we, we keep trying to walk away from this pit and we keep arriving back at it. How would it be if we tried to find the pit and then we wouldn't find it and we might find what we were looking for? How smart is that? So initially, we we're trying to walk away from it and we kept finding it. If we try to find it, even though it's here, we we'll, won't find it, but then we'll find what's meant to be there. That's huge layers of depth of that. Of course, Rabbit. <laughs> what a stupid thing. What a silly thing to say to people. Of course, if I should walk away from this, I should find this pit again. Off he walks away and Rabbit gets lost. Pooh says, right, let's go home. Piglet says, how do you know? He says, uh, there's been like pots of honey calling me for ages. I know exactly where I'm going now. You know, off they go home, right? From Pooh's brilliant idea. Rabbit's scared up in the forest. Who finds him? Tigger goes up to rescue him. 
and he finds a very sad rabbi and a very humble rabbi and a very apologetic rabbi and rabbi that says, oh, Tigger, I'm so glad to see you. And Tigger brings him home. What a lovely story about letting go, letting go of arrogance and self-importance and trying to do something a little bit nasty. Rabbit, slap on the wrist for you. But uh, he got a humbling lesson and the very person he was trying to get rid of saves his life and they become great friends after that. So that's the tale of, of uh, a rabbit, Pooh and Piglet uh, and letting go and trusting. Pooh just trusts even trust that he can smell the honey because he's so into his food. He trusts that we'll find the way home. But his idea about trying to find the pit, meaning we wouldn't find it, then we would find what we were meant to find, was fucking genius. So I feel coming to a close on this, this could have a part two, maybe, because there's a lot more in letting go I haven't covered. Again, this is just the interface or the hinterland between depression and acceptance and into acceptance and letting go. So I have to let go of the old depressing ways of behaving, staying in, you know, no, I'm not going out, you know, those old habits. There's a letting go process there as well into an acceptance. So remember, depression in this context is quite close to acceptance. Acceptance is just around the corner, you know, it just has a bit more of a bounce to it, a bit more tiggery. Depression's ER, acceptance is tigger. Let's go, I'll find you. I'm going to finish talking about the sadly died too young. She died in 1978. She was only 31. The enigmatic, the haunting, the beguiling Sandy Denny from the band Fairport Convention um, from 1969. Absolutely, again, haunting is a word that comes to mind. Song that's become associated with her. Who knows where the time goes? If you don't know this and you're checking it out, make sure it's the Fairport Convention version because loads of people have recorded it because it's such an incredible song. Um, but Sandy Denny's vocals, just just listen to her vocal. Oh my God. Wow. Right? Her tone, it's truly moving at a very deep level. From Fairport Convention, the guitaring is by Richard Thompson, who's a very famous, well-known guitarist. Uh, but if you talk about lightness of touch, you know, because I love fucking Zeppelin and ACDC where you're whacking out a tune but this is the light touch it's almost like this acoustic and there's this gorgeous soft touch electric guitar in the background oh that's the skill isn't it so it's really uh, augmented by his amazing guitaring right but what this song and I've been listening to this since the late 70s and it brings me into, and it's helping me today as well, a very deep place of acceptance. And again, you can slightly melancholia or melancholic slightly, but you can feel that kind of deep acceptance coming in. Now it's kind of got a wintry vibe about it, which I don't mind. Autumn-y winter I prefer because it's talking about sitting fires and stuff. But uh, either way, it brings me to a time I remember of, even though there was a lot of chaos going on around me and uncertainty of moving into a very deep peace. This is very kind of seasonal peace, very uh, the way of the world, very again Taoist kind of peace. And I'm finding that, which is delightful, uh, even though there are situations that I'd be sad about, wish weren't the way they, they are, the way they are, and life being life. But this beautiful peace, acceptance, um, and it's it's infectious. It's kind of like I was listening to the song again today, and I was connecting with that feeling. And you know, I'd rather have this feeling than anything else. It's really, really lovely. So you can see, I'm 
it's quite personal, it's closely connected to me, but it's just a lovely, lovely song. Anyway, who knows where the time goes, right? Indeed. Um, so some of the lyrics are, across the evening sky, all the birds are leaving, but how can they know it's time for them to go? Before the winter fire, I will still be dreaming. I have no thought of time. For who knows where the time goes? Who knows where the time goes? Sad, deserted shore. Your fickle friends are leaving. I love that line, your fickle friends are leaving. I take from that, like, the bogeys, they're not really that good. They're too up and down. They're not consistent enough. Ah, but then, then you know it's time for them to go. In other words, fuck off. <laughs> but I will still be here. I have no thought of leaving. I do not count the time. But who knows where the time goes? Who knows where the time goes? Beautiful. And as I said, you've got that wonderful, soft touch, delicate touch guitar. And that's almost like his, his fingers are barely touching. But you can hear these lovely notes. Ah, <gasps> oh, that's heaven to me now, that, that song. And they've got that very Taoist acceptance of seasons, of, of people, of life. That's just that deeper rhythm of the way of things. Do you know what I mean? It's a deeper rhythm. It, yeah, it involves individuals, but it involves everything. It's kind of like, almost like nearly in slow motion. It's, uh, it's lovely to breathe in that. And it's a feeling deep, deep, deep in the pit of my tummy. It's okay. Everything is okay. Everything is as it's meant to be, even though it looks like it isn't, but it is. And that's just adorable. I love that feeling. So that's my uh, offering to you today on letting go, letting God if you want to, if that suits you, that can add another dimension to it in terms of like, if you do have that kind of faith that, you know, something else, call it a higher intelligence, a deeper energy, karma will hold you and sort things out because you can't be everywhere anyway. You know, you can't change somebody's mind. You can't hope he will make sure the job goes this way or she will do that or that. You can drive yourself mad. That That's where a lot of mental illness comes from, trying to control things that we can't control. Accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can. Because there's so much energy you can go into that and hoping and wishing and trying to manipulate it and force something that just won't fucking move. So when that deep acceptance comes in, you've got more energy then to invest in, well, what can I do? Then you can hold on and get up and do shit, you know? It's very freeing. It's very freeing. It takes a bit of a risk. You have to be a bit daring. That's okay, you know? And like like everyone, I suppose, when I suffered enough a certain way, I kind of go, right, I'll try something different. <laughs> it's kind of human nature, isn't it? It's like, yeah, that's not really working out anymore, you know? Yeah, let's, let's give this a go, you know? But if you do have a faith in something, a God or a higher intelligence, it makes it, it's more comforting that to, to feel held by this, that you, it'll be okay, you know, uh, the, the world will do its thing anyway, whether I think about it or whether I don't, it's going to happen anyway. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, just to, to let those rhythms, those, those winds blow, the rain fall, you know, again, the thing with the rain, and I remember sussing this out myself, I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably obvious to everyone else, but I was a bit slow on the uptake here. Well, if it's raining and I'm out, now, whether I smile or whether I fucking give out, it's still, I'm still going to be wet, so 
I might as well just roll with it. Go fuck it, you know. Yes, I want to get dry. I'll make sure. But you, what's the point in finding inevitability? You know, that's why it's good to look at the seasons. We can prepare ourselves for them. Put on warm gear if it's cold. But you can't fight the reality of life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, that's what Taoism is all about, isn't it? The way, the flow. Go with the flow. I wish I could do that every moment of every day. Of course, I don't. I get caught and I get thinking about things that I maybe need to let go of. Letting go of ruminating of thinking can be very helpful. The illusion that thinking about stuff is going to make it work better, I, I don't believe it is. I can observe the thoughts, but again, being down in my body, breathing, listening to the deeper wisdom when I choose to do that, is far more productive. It's far more helpful. You know, I can let go. We can keep letting go. You know, and if I grab on again, you know, we all know, I think there's various stories of this, where the woman or the man is running along, they fall off the cliff and they grab the, they grab hold of the, you know, the, the branch of, of a bush and just like drop to death underneath. And it's just, they're just about hanging on. They're sweating, their fucking heart is pounding, if you can imagine it. And, and the person starts to pray, God, I'll do anything. Please, please help me. And God says, let go right not an easy thing to do it's like fuck off how do i know you'll be there you're not taking the piss you know we get fearful and our old kind of fears of being humiliated or hurt or let down come into play but i think a genuine letting go to the depths to the wisdom of life can't it won't fail you you know even if it doesn't turn out the way you think it should turn out like with winnie the pooh but it, it, it'll turn out then the way it's meant to turn out because it'll be something else you're meant to have I wasn't meant to get that one, I was meant to get this one. If that didn't happen, it wouldn't have turned around this way. There can be periods in between that are confusing and painful. You wonder, why is nothing happening? Fuck this God thing, whatever it is. But it doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. I think we'll all agree there is a force in nature, in life, that we can't control. Try push against it with all your might. I think it's one of Aesop's fables, I don't know now. I think it might be about the, the sun and the wind are having a conversation, as they do. And there's a guy coming over the bridge and they were having a bit of fun and the wind being a bit more like rabbit, a bit more blustery, a bit more like arrogant. Someone's just shining, you know, doing his thing. Says, see the guy coming across the bridge there? Someone says, yeah, I do see him actually, funny enough. Little wager for you. Bet you I can make him take his, uh, his hat and coat off quicker than you can. Someone says, you're on. Off you go. Give it your best shot. Wind says, I will. So the wind blows and blows the fucking strongest wind you can think of at this guy walking across the bridge. What does the guy do? He holds tighter onto the hat and he pulls the coat closed really, really tightly. The sun says, step out of the way, son. He shines. The guy gets hot and takes off the hat and coat. You know, you don't need a genius to work that one out. Push and blow all you fucking like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just be the sun. Just be there. And it'll happen. Now, I'd love to say I'm like that every day. Of course, I'm not. And those that know me or around me know, like, he's full of shit. He's, he's fucking, you know, I don't practice that all the time. Of course, I don't. But I believe in it and I try to. I try to. Thank you for listening. I don't know whether we'll do a part two of Letting Go, but that was really part two of the depression acceptance piece, really. We will see. And as I said, I hope to have a couple of interviews coming up. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for all your comments. Please feel free to. Send your questions, comments to the Twilight Conversations at gmail.com. Rave and review. 
Oh, I said rave. There's a Freudian. I want you to rave about me. What's that song? He wants you to rave about Lucinda Williams. Uh, Greenville. Yeah. Anyway, just came into my mind. Yeah, he wants you to rave about him. You can rave about me if you like, because I'm raving fucking mad. But rate and review and, of course, a five-star rating would be lovely. Um, helps with algorithms. and Imagine more people getting to hear this. That's what that does. So if that's in your mind, please do that. And as I hear other people say, I was actually listening to uh, Dean Scurry's brilliant podcast, um, Traveling the Countryman with Martin Stokes. And he also... Uh, versatile as Dean is he's doing a podcast with Sparky called Fresh Batch Loaf the staple diet of Ballymont and most working class areas Batch Loaf Point of Milk 20 John Player Blue or Major in the 70s Pouch King we're all good he does that podcast people also say like pass this on to 10 other people or tell your friends about it so I'm saying the same and I know people do someone was saying to me today I actually do tell people I have passed it on which is lovely uh, so I think people do that just to remind you of that stuff and thanks Dean ahead of time ahead of your uh, editing work that you'll be doing I know there'll be a change happening I know you're very very busy I'm hoping um, the amazing uh it's not manipulation, Annie, I promise you. Redzar O'Connell will uh, be stepping into that space at some point down the line when she's in a, in a space to do so. But thank you, Dean, in the meantime. Really appreciate that. So, goodbye for now, and we'll talk with you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in the Twilight Conversations. If you'd like to get in contact with us regarding any aspect of the show, you can get in touch at twilightconversations at gmail.com So the Twilight Conversations is an independent project. We're not getting any help from anybody. No major corporations or anything like that. So if you like the content, if you like what you're hearing, please continue to support us via our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash the Twilight Conversations.